Lovejoy, actually. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Lovejoy, actually, the podcast about Lovejoy. We're on series six. I don't know how. It's a miracle. Boop. That's my boo. Oh, that's a good noise. I like that noise. That's <laughs> um, a great do you want to ta- tell everybody what you're drinking then, Em? Uh, I'm this drinking is all very Prosecco out. from Lidl. I-, I thought this was a much smaller bottle than it it's not like was. Prosecco <laughs> al Lidl, circa 2000 and. Yes, 2019. 20, actually, says <laughs> 2019, a, a classic a, year. A good vintage. Good, good vintage. vintage. Um, and we are about to discuss episode two. Forgotten what it was called. Day a, of the Reckoning. The Day of Reckoning. Oh, Series six, episode two. And I'm Helen. <laughs> I'm Em. And I'm Paul. Uh, I'm drinking a gin and tonic for anyone that, that uh, and I'm drinking wants to know. Pinot, Pinot, Pinot Grigio Fizz. Our, our old fave. Still desperate for them to sponsor oh, old, us. Yeah, represent, represent. But we found the most fantastic cocktail. It's just like, it's just asking for us to uh, to choose it this week. Mm. I was going to make it, but it contains stuff I don't like. And I thought if I make it, I'm not going to... Um, it, it Like literally none of the ingredients in here do I like. So... Uh, what, what's in it? What's in it? Remind, so so it's, called a, it, it's called it's called a hunt, the Hunter's Cocktail or Hunter's mm. Cocktail, which, uh, well, everyone who's listened to this episode has presumably watched the episode. Ergo will know why I've chosen uh, uh, Hunter's Cocktail. Max Hunter's cocktail as we're going to rename it um it has whiskey in it i'm never i've never been a fan of whiskey in a cocktail it's it's nice yeah it's got well it depends what else is with it it's got whiskey and cherry brandy and um a cherry as a garnish and that's it but i don't really like cherry either because cherry brandy just written all over it i think it sounds quite good and yeah cherry always reminds me of cough medicine because it's just i think i think maybe it's just a flavor that they used so i'm not really a fan and whiskey there are some whiskeys that i will tolerate but i am not a big i'm not a whiskey or a brandy drinker particularly I i'm very much love the gin fact that you and... said cherries now cherries remind me of cough medicine really and i'm thinking my dad just used to give us whiskey, that, which is why I don't like whiskey. Because whiskey way, to me is medicine. Like, if this you're cocktail, ill, you had to have whiskey. And I realise now it made me go to sleep. <laughs> either way, reminds everyone of medicine. I think Max Hunter would like to drink that cocktail. And it I does do sound too. appropriate. Aside from just having his name, it just sounds appropriate, doesn't it? It sounds like something that looks quite distinguished and smooth and is going to mm. clonk you over the head with an iron bar. <laughs> True. My medicine flavour is blackcurrant. I don't like. Oh that. yeah, no, I, that think, does... I think well, black currant tastes of medicine, and I don't like it. Thro- throat pastels are always black currantsy, mm. and the other thing I don't like for that reason is banana. Because yes, you know when you have like an ear infection, an oh. ear infection, and, and the the doctor would lie. The doctor would say, uh, "Oh, but the medicine's nice. It tastes of banana." No, it doesn't. It's not. Ni- it doesn't. Bananas don't taste like that, I mean, and it doesn't fair, taste it did nice. Taste of banana sweets, right? Yeah, I don't know how we've got off on banana. such a long. We've gone uh, somehow. We're, we're only about five minutes bananas. in. It's all right. It's all right. It's because we don't want to get into this episode because there's too much peril. It's oh my peak goodness! Peril. So it was heavy, much. man. It was so heavy. So much peril. I mean, day of reckoning, but it wasn't even just one day of reckoning. It was like what was it? It was at least forty-eight it hours. It was of o- reckoning. You no, know, it was over twenty-four hours. But I just yeah. think they just didn't sleep because there's one point where Beth is curled up on the sofa asleep when and it's she like then three a.m. and they're like, oh, yeah. "What should we do?" It is. It is twenty-four hours of reckoning. In fact, it's just less than that. I think because <laughs> so it's a day he's, of reckoning. <laughs> he's late. It's literally more. a day. Well, no, 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 it's not because he's he says right. I'm going to kill her at midday tomorrow. 
tomorrow Spoiler. and he was late for lunch it's about two o'clock at the point that Oh, okay. So it's about two o'clock. So it's about twenty-two hours of reckoning. If we're going to be at twenty-two about hours it. of reckoning, that well-known phrase of well-stretched out reckoning. Um, but, but UK but should... TV Play gave no indication of the level of peril. Oh, that's surprising. You see, I was wondering. I was thinking, oh, they'll be on it. UK TV Play. They're always so it, like incisive in their yeah. critique of the episode. What did they say? <laughs> they Helen? said. So they've gone back to their usual format of describe Lovejoy in one sentence, then describe the episode in one sentence. So. Popular 90s drama with the rogue antique stealer. Okay. Classic. Now they're back to rogue. Back classic. to rogue. That is Just classic. Very classic. And what did they say about the episode? Lovejoy walks into a trap set by an old enemy as he purchases an antique chess set. Hmm. Which was but, a bit of a red herring. I felt like yeah. the chess set was just a, a nice coincidence. I mean, it was because he said so, was, didn't he? Yeah. he? He said, oh, that makes it even better because then he got to kind of play with the chess set to mess with his mind. But it wasn't, that was that was something of a coincidence. Oh, it wasn't a coincidence. I think that was how he got to Charlotte yes. in the first place. Yes. But then with Lovejoy buying it was a kind of extra twist, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, UK TV upset UK TV play upset me anyway because um, the ads are back for me. Oh, yes, oh they're not the, for the me. The ads are back for me, but I'm trying to make sure that I do my 250 steps every hour. So every time there was an ad, I was just, just walking around, 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 around your living room. <laughs> yeah. uh, that sounds very, uh, very kind of Victorian. Were you taking a turn about taking the room? A turn, about the turn, room. A turn around the coffee table. That's amazing. Oh, Excellent. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, yeah, no, I didn't get adverts in mind. Maybe it's to do with when we're watching, because I watched this about a week ago. Mm, I watched half of it on a few days ago and half of it on two days ago. Oh, how could you bear to watch it in two halves? Weren't you like, yeah, oh my God. Is, but it, it's very, very traumatic. It's basically, it opens, I mean, straight away we're in with the peril, that will yeah. the impending peril, because we see oh, yeah. basically a mysterious figure when for quite a long way through it's just a mysterious figure we don't really know who this I was going to say is. the camera work was fascinating they didn't show his face and I kept thinking because my <laughs> my um, uh, television does this weird thing sometimes uh, when I'm watching certain programs where it will just sort of zoom in I think it's when it's trying to show stuff in widescreen that weren't in widescreen yeah, or whatever yeah. and it, you'll have to reset it and I thought it had done that because it just kept showing Max Hunter's chin and then like his <laughs> his like forehead it was just showing bits of him bit like on um question of sport you know where they do the like yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly maybe it is maybe it was one of his you know part of all his games well, right I, I'd seen someone's name in the credits who I was like oh I know that name uh, and then I think it, it turned out to, to be somebody else. And of course, I didn't go and look it up. Um, but I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, I, I sure have, I and I think I, I know who you're um, going to say, and it, it made me very excited. But then I started thinking, well, if I saw someone's name in the credits that I recognised, maybe whoever's playing um, Mr. Hardy, as we as he was named at the beginning, um, and then he, we found out he was Max Hunter. Um, Maybe there was like some big reveal with his face, and when they showed his face, I was like, "No idea who that is." <laughs> I don't no, know. He yeah. was really famous in the. They 90s. did make you think that it was going to be somebody coming back, though, which you do have. Yeah. You have um, in two episodes' time. I won't spoil it, but in two episodes' time, you do have a character that we've already met coming back. Oh, exciting! Um, but I won't it spoil it. And, and it's not sadly. Oh, um, in fact, it's going to be fairly disappointing. It's, it's Jim Leonard comes back. Do you remember Jim yes, Leonard? And they they call me Midas. Oh, comes yeah. back. Yeah. The mentor but i was i have to admit i went and looked back at this even though i knew we hadn't been in it going this seems like it's such a blast from the past that 
I feel like we should have met him and we haven't. Yeah, yeah. it's hidden from us as if as if when yeah. we see him we're going to understand something. But obviously, yeah, we don't it's know sort of implied it we should. It's sort of messing with our minds slightly. That I, I must say, I'm going to say straight off. I thought this was quite cleverly written. Although I have some issues with the very end, but we'll we'll, yeah. we'll come to that. Yeah. So we see this mysterious figure opening up a safety deposit box and taking out this like carved figure, which we later yes. find out is part of the Oriental chess set. And also this mysterious kind of like surveillance picture of Lovejoy with a blonde. I mean, which could have been yeah. taken at any time, anywhere. I mean, it's just Couldn't Lovejoy it? with a blonde. I mean, could be anybody. anybody. It doesn't narrow it down, does it? And then he's, he very, he, this is like straight away we're in with the peril because he looks at this picture and he goes, time to pay, Lovejoy. He's so vile, I mean, it's quite he? like, you know, from the beginning you're like, oh my goodness. So you're, straight away it's like, okay, this guy has beef with Lovejoy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do. It was very Judas pair, and it it it's, it's probably the most perilous yes. thing we've had since the Judas pair. Similar in some ways, because wasn't there a thing? There was a big thing there about somebody getting somebody back, and it, it was always about who wins this battle and who wins this battle. Yeah. Like the whole thing is a war, and this was you won the last battle. I'm going to win the war. Was was the theme really? Wasn't it? This guy, yeah. you you got me put away. Now it's time to pay. Yeah. That's come up before. Yeah, so so that's kind of intro to this mysterious villain, and then we get, then we join the gang, and they've picked mm. up a valuable painting at a house clearance, and they sell it. They're really happy, but <laughs> it's quite funny because they sell it, and they're like <laughs> the person that's buying it. They sell it for eleven grand, and Lovejoy wants cash. And then they say, join the 20th century. You know, I'm going to pay my banker's draft. Because <laughs> that's like so that modern. modern way of paying. People used to pay for their visa applications. You used to have to pay by either, it was you could pay by banker's draft or a postal order. I don't even know and what I banker's used to send, draft is. send my students down to get a postal order. And that was recent. Uh, I mean, b- bear in mind at the same time, the Home Office only used fax machines. They still didn't use email. Oh, and we get a nice fax machine old. a bit later on. There's a, there's a brilliant one. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait till we get there. A banker's draft is a bit like a check yeah but like for lots of money yeah i suppose that's what it made me think of a banker's draft is like a check when it's for absolutely shit loads of money (laughs) i don't know why so they're so they're very happy to sell this painting for 11 grand and we also learned that it's it's nearly Beth's birthday, which is nice. Oh, yes. There's, there seem to be a lot of sort of almost subplots in this episode that never quite materialise yeah, into subplots. Yeah, there really is only one plot. I really there loved is. it. That, did she say, how do you know it's my birthday? And Lovejoy was like, of course I know, I'm a divvy kind of thing. I thought that was so cute. I was like, um, is she an antique? Oh, yeah. I have to say, though, <laughs> this is a rare moment of really him really, really appreciating her. Also, she's not meant to be 17, is she? Why? Because 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 of what they buy. Because he gives her a car without. No, I don't think. I think she just doesn't drive. I don't think she's meant to be okay. seventeen. Because I suddenly thought that's implausible. That's almost as implausible as Eric, who's yeah. meant to be seventeen. He's actually about thirty-seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, then I've written, which is disturbing to me because I don't remember writing this at all, despite the fact it was only about four hours ago. I've written. Um, why is Dennis so cute? <laughs> so Dennis is there Aww. as well. He is. Because he's he come is. to check out a, a wonderful antique he's picked up for a song and a car boot sale. <laughs> I love Dennis. See, you wrote, you, I wrote, oh, Dennis, and then I wrote, Lytham St. Anne's with two exclamation marks. I was very excited by the passing reference to Lytham St. Anne's, <laughs> where he says there's a letter postmarked Lytham St. Anne's. Was it, is it was the implication that like the tax office used to be in Lytham St. Anne's or something? No, he said the, the, um, the premium bonds. 
Yeah, it's that premium, was a premium, premium bonds. Oh, premium bonds, isn't it? That was premium it. Premium bonds, Polly. I do, but they're not in Lytham St. Anne's anymore. Oh. Not anymore. But they're definitely, they're like, they, maybe they used to be. But the reason that I mentioned it, we used to go to Lytham St. Anne's because my mum thought it was a cut above Blackpool. Oh, yes, And I thought is. Blackpool was much more name. fun, but we used to go and play, I used to play on the trampolines at Lytham St. Anne's. I'm sure I've mentioned that. Oh, see, my grandparents yeah. would go to Fleetwood. That was like Oh, Fleetwood Ooh. is nice. We used to go on the tram. You can go yeah. on the tram to Fleetwood from, from Lytham, Bla- can't you? You go from Blackpool. You go all the way up the line. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, the reason Lovejoy mentions Lytham St Anne's is because he he is comparing this this absolute blinder that Beth's played with this chrome painting that's got them eleven grand to winning the pools. He's so pleased. It it kind of came out of nowhere. She's done it. He's absolutely chuffed to bits. And then Dennis is just there because he wants to get some. He wants to get a like a valuation on his antique, but it's not an antique. It's not an antique. Aww. And they're like, bless him, him and Lovejoy and Tinker were like, yeah, you know, it's Hong Kong, 1990. And, and they're then, very scathing. Mm, yeah. I think they're Dennis. very mean and put it in his little face. Falls. This is why you said, isn't he cute? His little face drops. I think that's why I said he's so cute. It was kind of sad. Aww. His little face was like, oh, but I, I thought... Oh. Lovely Dennis. He's very cute in this He episode. is lovely. Uh, and then I got very excited, and then um, this might be the person you, whose name you wrote no, down. No, it's not, but I'll explain mine in a second. Well, so the next person that we see... OK, but do you know who he is? The next person that we see who's the dodgy guy with the camera who takes all the pictures. No, I mean, he def- I definitely recognised him. So... He's, it's just because we mentioned this programme a lot and there's obviously the, oh. the Lafrenet crossover. Is it so it's, Alfie Saint Pet? It's Christopher Fairbank from Alfie Saint. <laughs> now, he plays he plays Moxie in Alfie Saint Pet and he plays Foxy in this. Oh. And I wondered if he always had to, if there was something in his contract that said he could only play people with Oxy on the end of their names. <laughs> because it, that's how he knew that that was his character and he knew to, to like respond. He mm. always plays Oxy morons. Oh, very, very good. Very good. Did you write so, that yeah. down at the time? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so, so anyway. He's there. So Foxy, Foxy basically. And so Foxy is there with the mysterious man who we've already seen at the beginning who wants to get love to. So basically Foxy to, is like the... Time to die? No, time to pay. Sorry. Time to pay. Time to pay, Time yeah. to pay. So basically the mysterious man and Foxy... Foxy is like his sort of lackey, basically, isn't mm. he? His sort he of is. like, you know, gopher... Um, so basically, they've, they've managed to get a house because he needs a house for something dodgy. Mm-hmm. And then he, and basically then Mysterious Man, Mystery Man, gives Foxy something to take to Cavendish's auction house. Which we, yeah, so, which is the, the chess which set. Which is the chess Already set, Already yeah. at this point, I was like, I think this episode's going to be too complicated for me. I just, it wasn't I just wanted a gentle sort of romp through a Sunday evening and it was already like a kind of minder level. <laughs> It was quite... It wasn't complicated in that there weren't twists in it, but it, the clues, I would never... I don't have a brain that does crossword-style I mean, clues, so I would never that, have got the, the ground. We'll get into were, that later. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like, yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, and then, so, Lovejoy... We go back to Lovejoy, who has got this 11 grand from selling the painting, or Beth sold it, and he's, like, so excited to have this 11 grand and like, wants to splash the cash... But um, Tinker reminds him that he actually owes eight grand to other people. Yeah. So yes. actually, As 11 always. grand isn't no really, change. you know. Um, but anyway, he doesn't care because he's off to the auction at Cavendish's. Tink, Tink is great in this scene. He says, Lovejoy, why are you always in such a rush? And then he quotes Pascal and says, you know, I, can't, I haven't written it down properly, but Pascal basically said, 
old man's problems stem from his inability to sit quietly at home. Yeah. And I Which thought, is true. you know what? That is one thing that I've learned this year. I do feel a lot more balanced and level because of the amount of sitting quietly at home that I've been forced, literally yeah. forced yeah, it's true, to actually. do. I was like, ah, yes. That's going to be what you've learned. No, oh, no, I'll tell you what I've learned when I get to that bit. Sounds I was very excited wise, very wise I, comment. Well. So... I feel like it's been a while since we've been to an auction. So anyway, we, we go to the auction and Charlotte is there looking hot. That's what I've written. But um, this is a heck of an auction because the other person that's back in this episode where it's all going in the first few minutes is Sam. Yeah, her dad. Yes. Um, this is who I rec- whose name I recognise. David Ryle. David Ryle. Um, Do you know what? I can tell you why you recognise this as well. Because he's, tr- he's in Truly Madly Deeply. That's where I know. That's where I really that's know him from. That's where you know him from. Yeah. Everybody I, I else. I love him. He's in lots of things. Everyone else will know him as he was the granddad in Outnumbered, wasn't he? He's, I mean, he's a good granddad. I think he was I, the granddad in I think Outnumbered. He would make a great granddad, so that makes sense. As but in he, uh, a good he's, granddad. Not he's a... the pest controller in Truly Madly Deeply who tells Nina that. There you go. Um, he's like, Your rats have gone. And he can't understand why, and it's because rats are scared of ghosts. Oh, and then when the rats come back, it means Jamie's gone, it's fine. Anyway, and they're then, at the auction. <laughs> and, and the chess set, the lot comes on of the chess set, which we know the mystery man has put in. And the divvy music comes on and it's all like, and Foxy's there at the mm. auction. And basically, the, the, you know, the bidding's going on for this chess set. And Lovejoy just like has some sort of a tick, like an outburst. Yeah, he just he shouts does. out, 12! Like it's yeah, almost it's like a sell for 11 grand, un- isn't it? Uncontrollable sort of outburst. So he basically spends all the money he's just made, plus more Having only just shown up as well, because he's late. He, this is the the other theme of this episode is Lovejoy being yes. late for things or not, mm, yes. as the case may be. Yeah, so he buys the chess set, and then we discover like we discover why Sam has come back. So basically, he had been in Spain <laughs> with his with his twenty five year old wife. <laughs> I mean, Love bear it. in mind he must be at least he's supposed to be at least seventy. But he's yeah. probably quite charming. He seems. I don't know. He's quite controlling, and in this episode, he's very controlling. Yeah, he's very he, he judgmental. Doesn't, he doesn't. Um... Of his highly intelligent daughter, he's the. I, I've written is the misogyny of the week the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, because you know he's he's just like you know his twenty five year old wife has run off, so he's come crawling back. But then he's questioning Charlotte about her relationship with Lovejoy. It's like, well. Yeah. Yeah. You're not really one to talk, Sam. You're the yeah. one And they were meant to be quite matey with Lovejoy because they talked about him quite a lot early on when Charlotte first came into the onto the scene. Yeah, because so they always I mean, liked Sam because Sam was a bit of a pushover. In that case, you can kind of see Sam being like, "Oh, Lovejoy's always got a different woman on his arm," kind of thing. But I mean, even so, it's not any of his business. Charlotte is an adult. I there was quite a lot of um, what's it called when you watch something and you're like, "Oh, this is very familiar." <laughs> when I was Deja, watching this Deja episode, Deja and it was slightly like it was slightly pushing my buttons, but yeah, the, Charlotte says he still thinks I'm in pigtails riding a pony. <laughs> Lovejoy's like, could we arrange? I that? mean, again, Lovejoy really does pick them. There's a lot of I feel they oh. sort of overplay the public school references a little bit in this episode. Yes, or, they do. You know, yeah. and again, he does have a type, doesn't he? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, but, um, he doesn't. So we discover that Charlotte and Lovejoy are meant to be having lunch tomorrow at the Crown. So like they they seem to be getting on well. And then we go back to the the mystery man. At this point, I still think we don't know his name in this, but yeah, he calls himself Hardy. So I just put the evil man basically. So Foxy lets Hardy know that the chess set is sold to Lovejoy, and I've just put this makes his plan question mark question mark question mark 
even better. So yeah, at this point, obviously, we don't know what his. We, yeah, we, he's got some sort of plan. We don't know what it is, but the fact that Lovejoy's bought this chess set makes his unknown plan even better. So at this point, you're like, "But well, I don't know what your plan is. Yeah. This is really frustrating and annoying. I don't know what's going on." So, I mean, the other thing I don't like—I mean, there's a lot, obviously, to not like about him, but oh, I don't—I don't even know where to start. He's so sinister, not just because of the uh, ominous background music. <laughs> Ominous, as my granny would say, I didn't know ominous. The, you know, the om- ominous background music, but just because he's so, again, slimy and sinister. Yeah. Anyway, and when he talk, when he goes and talks to Charlotte, which I know is in a couple of minutes, but when he actually goes in then after the auction and talks to Charlotte, oh, I don't know how, particularly after her last experience, she would fall for him. Not full for him in a sexual yeah. way, but go, oh, yes, great, a business proposition. When I think he's being a bit seedy yeah. and he's like, oh, it's time for you to play with the big boys. He's being a patronising, yeah. misogynistic little jerk. And she goes, oh, OK. Yeah. Well, I mean, because he is an actual psychopath. So, like, he is I mean, he fully, is, yeah. like, cre- he is creepy. Like, so then we go back to Lovejoy. So, so Dexter, who's a guy who was at the auction as well, turns up um, at Lovejoy's because oh, Lovejoy yes. owes him money. Five grand. Five grand, oh which, you know, he just spent it on the chess set when it's due today. And so he's a bit stressed. It's all mounting up and a then, little bit. And then he realises that he's late for his lunch with Charlotte. So because dashes. his clock is an hour wrong. Yeah. It must be, <clears throat> what time of year would that make it? Yeah, this time of year. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Yeah. No, the, no, October, because the clocks will have gone back. I mean, to be and fair, it, he just might have, he might be one of those people who just never Yeah, I got clock. the impression it was just... He just didn't know what was going on. So he does, he gets there. So we don't know, I mean, we don't know how far away the crown is. I mean, the thing is, it's like, it's the time he's meant to be there and he leaves. So like, I don't know how far it is, but basically he can't have been super late. But he gets there, she's there and she gets, she sees him and storms off. She's like, she wearing a beautiful dress. She, she has looks a wonderful. tan and she's angrily eating a ham sandwich because she was sort of, promised like this lunch date so i felt like he must be very late because she'd ordered yeah an hour late i assume which is very weird like i mean it must Mm. have been the crown must have been an hour away i assume he's just under an hour late so lovejoy turns up at the crown and charlotte charlotte storms off and then foxy is there to obviously spy on them because he obviously Mm. knew i guess he must have overheard at cavendish's that they were gonna go for lunch do you know what struck me about this now you'd have a little phone and you could really surreptitiously film someone he's got a massive video camera (laughs) 90s like that you would send clips into uh um you've been friends i suppose suppose the other thing is that like Lovejoy could have texted Charlotte and been like, I am so sorry, I mistook the time. Please stay there, don't order any food. Like, if it was now. So th- this was one of those um, films or episodes of TV, I suppose, that just, you couldn't make it now. You'd have to set it in the past. No, it wouldn't work it just now, would unless work. she's a complete ass. No. Yeah. You wouldn't get the time wrong either because you would know that whatever time is on your phone is <laughs> yes, correct. Because your the phone implica- just knows what time it is by witchcraft. Like your phone Yeah, the knows. implication was either that they'd already changed the, the clocks but not the watch or the watch but not the clocks. They changed or not changed one, you know, what one thing was showing the wrong time and one thing was showing the right time was the implication, which is why I can't remember exactly which one it was. But anyway. I did wonder at this point, was Charlotte so angry with Lovejoy just because she was starving so she was a bit hangry? Oh, I yeah. get angry. I, I get too. really angry. She was definitely pissed off that she just had a ham sandwich instead of the fancy lunch that she was hoping for. 
I mean, she should know Lovejoy better than to expect a fancy lunch. This is the Ooh. guy who takes over like fish and chips in the fairground. <laughs> yes, but I think the, the Crown is meant to be the place to go for a fancy lunch, isn't it? It's a gastropub. As we discover it later. It is a gastro- mm. gastropub, this is true. Which is a very yeah. 90s thing. So then, um, and this is where then, so Charlotte songs off and then the next scene is where we see Mr Hardy, but we don't see his face again. No. Yeah, I've actually written here, why can't we see his face? And then I've written... He is rich. <laughs> it's quite, it's like, quite disappointing oh, when so we do. He's slimy. He's like, oh, I'm seriously rich. I mean, it's like you're saying, like, how can he, sorry, how can she, Charlotte, fall for this? Because he's literally, he's so slimy. He's just he's like, disgusting. Oh, I'm seriously rich. Oh, Charles, it's time to join the grown-ups. Oh, I've got a business it, proposition. It's the thing, he's patronising as well as rich, and he's that. he's the worst excesses of... The period that here is sort of starting to falter to its end, isn't it? Because it's the major government by now. And the next government that gets in is going to be Tony Blair. So he is this awful new money is the implication. And the whole like, oh, it's time to join the group. I just, oh, that just made my skin crawl, the comment, it's time to join the group. And you can even show off a bit about it. I had a boyfriend once who (laughs) um, (laughs) was accidentally rich. It was a long story. Um, And unlike the second or third time I saw him, he was like, come to the cash point. I've got something to show you. But it was like an exciting, fun thing of like, when I say you can do whatever you want and order whatever you want, you really I mean can because look, I can, I'm back. Behold it. all my money. I know that I don't Loads seem like money. a rich person because he definitely didn't because he wasn't um, from that kind of thing. But this guy, Mr. Hardy, as we think he is at the moment, is just. Oh. It, it is that thing. It's, it's not to do with the money. It is to do with him saying, oh, you're it's not. It's just vile. You He's know. slimy and despicable I, and horrible. I just wrote down yuck. <laughs> yeah. But then, and also because then Charlotte. But Charlotte, like we say, inexplicably decides that it'd be great to meet with him and chat about his potential investment in her business. And her dad is not happy about it either. He's like, what are you doing talking, you know, to a slime ball like that? What yeah. is his money? But she, it's her business. She owns it. So she's going to go ahead and... Yeah, Sam says, I built it. And she says, yes, and I run it. So come yeah, on. which is very, you know... I own it, she says. I think I own it. But this is the point, though, where I said is the misogyny of the week the whole episode yeah. because her dad is has always been misogynistic because it's the whole you know uh, Sam Cavendish's son and mm. she says I'm the I'm the daughter and then there's Max doing the whole like oh yes we're going to join the grown ups but then actually her independence as an independent businesswoman kind of backfires because as we now know she then gets kidnapped so <laughs> it's like the whole episode is just. A whole world of misogyny, isn't it? Yes. Oh, it's like wonderful living in this world. Hey, shall I do a quick corrections corner? Do you remember last oh, time? Oh, go on. Do you remember last time I said, uh, was that man, the Polish man, do you remember, attractive or mm. was he just tall? Um, <laughs> I found out that the only reason I'm attracted to tall men, apparently, this is science, uh, is because of the patriarchy. And my internal, internalised misogyny telling me that I should always be the small little one. Well, why am I attracted to Ian McShane? Because he's famously not very tall. <laughs> yeah, but on the telly, he look, he, you wouldn't know he was... No, even on the telly, he looks pretty small. <laughs> <laughs> he's quite small. But also, like, I hate to say it, but like on average, men are bigger than women. So I don't think it's... Oh, I yeah. think it's just literally, like, the chances are... That like most men are bigger than you, so you're attracted yeah. to. Yeah, it's not the patriarchy; than... it's biology. <laughs> yeah, I do. I've think... gone from like healthily woke into this is now 
ridiculous yeah and also i mean i'm only five foot one so like all men are taller than me so oh, you're you know all women are taller than you oh, exactly all 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 people, all are, people children are taller than you yeah it's true Sorry, i just i stopped growing when i was about 10 i was actually quite a tall child i just stopped growing when i was very young it's true oh oh, oh. so so yeah, so then um, we go back to Lovejoy. So Lovejoy's obviously got this chess set and he's, because um, obviously it's Lovejoy, so he knows a chess set expert. Yes, obviously, Mr. Farquhar. Obviously. Farquhar. I love Mr. that there are chess chess set experts. Uh, but it must be it a must great be. thing to collect though. People must collect them because there oh, are some yeah. gorgeous oh, chess I mean, sets then, around. Yeah. So he sent, sent Mr. Farquhar some pictures of this chess set and it's looking good. It looks like it's probably worth quite a lot. So actually his 12 grand, you know, was well spent um mm. so that's all good and in other good news it's best birthday yes. Oh, yes so they have a lovely cake for her and very extravagantly as we mentioned <laughs> they've also bought her a car well they've they when you say bought well because it's miriam the car is miriam yes i, I couldn't understand how they got it back I couldn't it. Understand I. i'm sorry i don't know what i'm saying it how they got her, her? back or where she i been? wasn't sure where miriam had come from no, I wasn't, but I was very pleased. I was oh, very it was happy. So beautiful. No, it was cute. Beth was just as pleased as we were. She like di- dived straight into the driver's seat. She's like, beep beep beep, let's go. Oh, it let's was. Go it was very very cute. Mm. And just the fact that they got her a cake as well, though. <laughs> so she sort of comes out and they're holding this cake, and then they're like, oh, and here's a car. Like, and here, by the way, we also got you. There's this other small thing. Bought you a car. Oh my god! When you were, I can't. However old she's meant to be. Well, we 18, don't know how old she's 20. meant to be, do we? <laughs> but then, yeah, it's all very lovely. But then it all takes a very sinister turn because then I don't know how we discover this because the next thing I've written is so I put Beth's birthday cake and a car, and then I've written fifteen years in Broadmoor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, for your does, birthday, we bought you a cake, a car, and 15, 15 years, years in Broadmoor. Cuddly yeah. so, <laughs> toy. And I put, I put, does he blame Lovejoy for this? So I've, I have got, so, you know, I've got it here. So basically. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, and something we kind of didn't mention earlier was that Foxy keeps referring to Mr. Hardy as Mr. Hunter and then catching himself and Oh, yes, himself. and saying, sorry, Mr. Hardy. But, so, sorry, Mr. Hardy. Uh, Mr. Hunter. Mr. Hardy. Mr. Hunter. <laughs> Yeah, so which we... is ridiculous because why he obviously knows his name, so what? Like everyone knows who he is, so why make why, a fake yeah? Name? Why when it's just the two of them does he need to keep up the pretense? You're right. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even think of that. So well, why didn't he pick a name that was completely different and then he might have remembered? <laughs> yeah. If he picks Hunter and Hardy are fairly similar, mm. it's just going to confuse you, isn't it? Yeah. Particularly if you're and I don't get the feeling that Moxie's the sharpest tool in the box. Mm. Sorry, Foxy mm. or Moxie, depending on which Ian Lafrenet creation you're watching. <laughs> yes. That's true. So basically, Lovejoy's sorry. Charlotte's agreed to have lunch with Hardy um, at the Crown significantly, yes. where she was meant to have the nice lunch with Lovejoy. So she leaves to go and have lunch with him, and then Foxy turns up at at Cavendish's at the auction house and cuts like at the phone wire. Yeah. Um, and then Charlotte's on her way to uh, to lunch with Hardy in her and lovely he phones, bag. He phones her up on the car phone. Did you write down what he said? Because I paused it and wrote it down verbatim because I thought no, it I was didn't. The funniest thing I ever. He said, um, <clears throat> "He said, uh, oh hi Charlotte, something rather urgent has come up, and I've got to stay by the facts. Would you mind terribly oh, yes. if we had lunch chez moi?" <laughs> The most nineties statement but ever. It is the most nineties. I've got to brag, stay by the facts. It? Isn't it the most 
brag, <laughs> throwing in the fact that you've got a fax. Like, oh my god, he's got to stay by his fax. <laughs> he's so important. I, I mean, again, it. you'd never have that now because it would need to be email and email is something you can get, get on, your on your phone. Yeah. There is no way this plot could happen in any way, shape or form now. Oh, man. I mean, you could have made it. I suppose nowadays you'd probably be like, oh, I've got to wait in for the plumber or something like that. <laughs> that would be the... Yeah, I guess. I guess it'd be something like that. In Charlotte's defence of her maybe being a bit naive or a bit stupid, she does actually call Kevin Deschantiques to say, oh, hey, listen, I was meant to be going to Cram, but now I'm going to this other place. But because the phone line's been cut, yeah. she, she thinks there's something wrong with her car phone rather than thinking this. And, and she just carries on anyway. I mean, at that point, I would have phoned Lovejoy and been like, by the way, I'm going to a second location. Yeah, But she does try to tell somebody else. And you wonder if it's just her pride that she's like, well, I'm not ringing him. Yes. Um, but you point. do wonder, because she is doing the sensible thing that sadly, as particularly as a woman, you, have to you do. should do, which is to let somebody know. Yeah. That, you, you, know. Yeah, you just, yeah, anyway. So she gets, so she gets, to, gets to Shay Louis, Shay, uh, Mr. Hardy. Yeah, and basically she walks in, she's like, oh, that's interesting. Most of these pieces we sold um, through our auction house about a year ago. Now, at the time, I thought that was somehow part of the plot. But actually, well. as we discover, <laughs> well, I mean, it's part of the plot as in it becomes important. Mm. But I think in the in terms of the fact that the, the pieces in this house, that he's renting, like it's not actually mm. his house, yeah. he's renting it. The fact that most of the pieces were from her auction house, I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah, it's a mistake yeah. on his part, yeah. really. And, and it's and, actually and, and, a bad thing, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, whereas I initially thought, oh, is this some sort of weird... You know, think is he sort of obsessed with her or something, and he's bought all yeah. these things from her? <laughs> yes, I thought that as well, actually, because it is a, a well, it is a coincidence, or it's trying to imply that I suppose she is actually quite powerful within mm. her region now yeah. that, that she has made a good go of that business. If you know what I mean, you know. I've written here. Why are they hard? Why are they hiding Mr. Hardy's face from me? I'm not going to know who he is. <laughs> then, then I've written, as I glance down now, what I thought said, although I liked seeing him in the sun. No, what I've actually written is, although I like seeing him with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully I never get kidnapped and have to handwrite a note because you guys won't know what's going on. He really is an utter psychopath. Yeah. The whole uh, the idea that he's been released from Broadmoor. Yeah. Not just not just, oh well he's been in jail for killing his wife, but he served his time, you know, and he's and he's shown great remorse and he's very all of this. No, he's basically a complete psychopathic loon. psycho. Yeah. And so like, you know, he so Charlotte goes in, she remarks she notices that the pieces are from her auction house and then he pulls a gun on her. I've written in all capitals quite early peril here. It is I've written, it was only I've twenty minutes in. Peril. I've, <laughs> I've written quite a lot of peril so far. <laughs> Would you two like to sing a peril alert, please? Peril alert, 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 peril alert. Yeah, it's Beautiful. not going to work, isn't it? I hate singing on Zoom. <laughs> Oh, all we're doing, Em, is just giving you more and more bloopers to play with. Uh, and then, and then Lovejoy gets back to the shop. He's been in Bury St Edmunds doing something. I don't, it was mentioned earlier. We don't know what he's been up to. And basically, I thought he was getting the chest set checked out. I don't know. He's been in Bury anyway. And then he um, gets back, and one of the chest pieces is missing. <sighs> There is something really creepy about that. It is that somebody's come into your space and they haven't destroyed anything and they haven't done anything that you would notice unless you really Mm. looked. 
and they've done it really gently and delicately and that is creepy yeah. it is it really is and, and um, yeah it is it is sinister there's a whole load of um yeah it's the sort of imagery of it isn't it or what it signifies it's just very dark and very calculating which yeah. is what he is of course yeah and there's a VHS on the TV and then the phone rings. VHS. Oh, <laughs> yeah. this is the most nostalgic episode ever, isn't it's it? Carry on. I think because it was trying to really push technology as something that... Faxes, be... VHS, car phones. This was truly the era in which to be alive. <laughs> I mean, it was it was using like all the technology of the it, moment. I think it? it was Im- impressive from the point of view of, of not... Um, because there's one thing that I hate about modern horror films or something. Anything that's set, basically, from maybe 2003 onwards, anything that's filmed now and is meant to be now, I absolutely hate it when the characters are suddenly like, oh, I've, I've got no signal, and suddenly they can't use their phones. Yeah. Like if, if you have to write something where them using their phones would get them out of the peril, then you need to set it in the past. It drives yeah. <laughs> me mad. Anyway, sorry, get off my It's soapbox. very annoying. But then the phone rings, and this is very, I thought this is very horror film, because the phone rings, and Charlotte's voice is on the phone saying, look on the television, mm. and he sees the VHS. And I, do you know what it reminded me of? It made me think of, like, Saw or something. Yeah. I thought it was like, now, so I think it was quite a bit later, but when Scream came out, which starts with... Um, Oh, what's her name? Drew Barrymore on the phone phone. making popcorn, isn't she? And she's on the phone. There was a lot of that kind of voice on the end of the phone. And also people are going to do... Towards the end, he does the thing you're not meant to do in a horror film, which is run upstairs. You know, they all do the things you're not... It is is very much taking that horror film imagery, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. So he puts it on the video, and basically on the video, it's Charlotte at gunpoint. And... um, Max Hunter and I think at this point he does he realise immediately who it is I guess he does I, I can't I didn't make a I, note of this. I think maybe he does actually I don't think I oh think. no he doesn't no he doesn't sorry he doesn't he, he says doesn't. at some point this has got Max Hunter written all over ah. it because the first clue he says it's, it's the like first a crossword clue, clue. Yeah. and he realises yeah. because he rings Dennis and says you know, can you find out about Max Hunter for me? And Dennis was like, yeah, GDP, of course I can. I'll just tell you all about this lad who's been released from prison. Um, <laughs> but at first not? he doesn't realise, does he? But he just basically no, yeah. she says, she's at gunpoint and she says, like, someone's got me and they're going to kill me at noon tomorrow. And the first clue is in my office. Can so I just like, say, yes. when he when she said he's going to kill me at exactly noon tomorrow, tell me why I did this. I looked at my own watch. <laughs> As though I had to somehow go and rescue Charlotte. I was like, that's not very long. That's like 24 hours. Absolute panic. It's almost as though it's a whole day of reckoning anyway. But then we we do, I think then we have a scene where we see, so like he watched the video and then we we sort of cut to Charlotte and, as we discover, Max Hunter in the house. But And I've thought this the whole way through. I don't know if you guys thought the same Mm. and what you think of this, whether it was deliberate or Mm. whatever. Charlotte was very calm she's always well she's always fairly calm i think it's that thing where um uh there's a meme like a meme about it or something that's maybe not the right word but that thing about you mustn't mistake someone's composure for ease like just just because she's calm and composed doesn't mean she's at ease in this situation it's her weapon really and it's why she's so good at everything that she does and it is also because she says at the very end it's that never underestimate a public school girl but she (laughs) does have that she's been trained actually 
But she has that adaptability to any situation for kind of a lot of, and I'm not make, passing judgment mm. particularly on a boarding school, but that, that need to be independent from a very young age and to adapt to situations that aren't necessarily very nice. I mean, admittedly, being kidnapped is the extreme end of not, not very nice. Not very nice. <laughs> you know, really. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a... It's, it's, it's you know, pretty uncalled for, pretty. kidnapping someone, threatening to kill but them. She, she's alarmingly... Um, I'd see what Helen means, because she... There's something Charlotte does in the video that we'll come to later that is remarkably level-headed and very, very intelligent, and I wouldn't have been able to there do is, it. There is, absolutely. And, and she's very just, intelligent. She, yeah, she just seems very, like... You know, composed. almost like, and not just composed, but almost like, what's the right word? Like scornful of him and just kind of like, oh, whatever. Even though like he's literally pointed yeah. a gun at her. He's literally said he's going to kill her. Although to be fair, she's probably fairly used to brushes with imminent death by this point. Because, <laughs> yes, you know, not that true. long ago she was in a boat being rowed out into the alligator swamp. Yeah, alligators circling the boat, watching them eat a guy. And before that, she and had the evil academics in a cave in Wales. And in a, a cave, That's exactly. True. Yeah, she, you know, there's been a lot she of peril lot of in her life up to this lately. point. Yeah. Yeah. So she just, she's an old hand at it now. So that basically, yeah. that sets up the good rest. with the peril. Oh, and she does say, as every good uh, kidnapper says, don't tell the police because. Then it's overall. Yeah, just kill yeah. Them he says exactly. You can't tell the. Police. I mean, they never tell the bloody police anything, anyway, do they? Yeah. No. Because why? You, you know, why do that when you've got Beth and Tinker? Why would you tell the police? Yeah, because that's exactly what he tells. He goes your, to Tinker your and Beth crack there. team. He jumps in Miriam and off they go to solve the problem. Exactly. Yeah, because that sets up really the rest of the episode there, which is like a series of clues that that. Mm. Um, Although they do sort of tell, they obviously tell Dennis. And it occurs to me, is Dennis, presumably by not filing a report on it, Mm. is Dennis then putting himself in danger? Because if and when she gets killed, surely he'd be done for professional misconduct by being told about a crime and going, yeah, I'm not going to do anything about that. Dennis is very trusting of Lovejoy, I think. But Mm. then again, maybe he's been proved time and time again that he should be. So. So... They go to Charlotte's office to find the first clue, and I didn't write down the actual wording of the clue. Don't worry, I did. <laughs> Shop around between the William and the George for what, quote, makes the politician wise, end quote, Mr. Dino. Yeah. So basically... That's they... how he works it out, Mr. Dino. That's how he works yeah. out who he is. Mm. I will so say I did get that Nimrod. One. I basically... got the Nimrod bit. <laughs> so basically, it solves the clue immediately. So basically... Between William and George is Queen Anne, so that's Queen Anne. And then they they get they've got a dictionary of quotations because it's a, it's a quote as you said in quote marks. Mm-hmm. So they find out that is it is it who says it like is it? It's coffee that makes a politician. Yeah, yeah, but who? It's from a quote from like. Oh, I didn't write it down. No, I can't I remember. I didn't write that bit down. Someone I can't like remember Peeps who that or was. someone, but it's not someone like Samuel Pepys, but it's not someone like that. So now you just Google it, you get the answer much more quickly than having to flip <laughs> through would. a dictionary of and you'd quotations. Be like, this looks like an anagram. Mr. Dino, it would immediately come back. Nimrod. <laughs> yeah. So they so basically they figure out Queen Anne Coffee Pot. They figure out, as you say, Mr. Dino is an anagram of Nimrod, Nimrod the Hunter. So to be Max fair, Hunter. I only got it because I knew Nimrod the Hunter and we'd already had Foxy calling him Mr. Hunter by accident. So I didn't really get it to be honest i just well, knew it pretty good. i i wasn't i wasn't that far ahead um but this is where we discover that yeah max hunter was sent to broadmoor for murdering his wife and so lovejoy asked dennis to see if hunter's out but he doesn't actually tell dennis anything else so dennis isn't mm. you know you know colluding in any way he just says oh is max hunter out and dennis checks for him basically 
He obviously does later on, though, because later on Sam goes yes. to the police and Dennis shows up. And Dennis, at this point, already clearly knows the whole story. Yeah, but I think that's because they were using Dennis for exposition. But at this point, the police haven't leapt into action. Dennis has gone, no, no, it's all right, it's all right. You know, I know she's, her life is being threatened. She's due to get but shot in they, a few hours, but tell, just leave it, lads. Did they tell Dennis what was happening? or did I, I get the impression ask? they did off screen. I know oh. he At this point, he just asks, but they must have done because Dennis comes down and he doesn't go, Daff! is going on apparently Charlotte's been kidnapped Dennis turns up well, Sam, later Sam on Sam goes and... to the police doesn't he Sam yeah goes Sam to goes to the police because I, I suppose what I was thinking was if Lovejoy back when Max did go down if Lovejoy was involved in that trial which he must have been for whatever reason then actually it is fine for Dennis to find out what's going on because yes Lovejoy yeah that's the thing I don't think it's yeah, yeah, I think you're allowed to know. Like, it's kind of public knowledge, isn't it? You know, when it's yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. So anyway, they f- figure out extremely quickly that it's a Queen Anne coffee pot. They go around all the local dealers. They find this Queen Anne coffee pot, and there's a clue inside it. Um, and mm. the the dealer is very perplexed because he's like, "Well, some old woman just came and sold it to me, you know, a few days ago. Like, she definitely wasn't like, it wasn't Max Hunter anyway." Yeah, yeah. The dealer's called Bellamy, isn't he? I just, yeah. yes. I quite like that Lovejoy kept taking his glasses <laughs> just off his face. Like, yeah. taking Bellamy's glasses to so he could read, like, the clue, and then he had to read the whole mark and everything. So, again, once again, I didn't write down the actual clue. I didn't at this point, because I was like, this is ridiculous. I like I like my clues to be more like, who was the drummer in the Beatles? Yeah, just just, uh, just <laughs> straight find general knowledge clues. <laughs> Which one, though, Em? The first one or the, the one that we all know? Which one? <laughs> Well, then maybe oh, that would yes. be part of it. Find the maybe best that would be part of it. the shot. Well, that would that would be what would catch them out. So here, that leads nicely on, Em. Thank mm. you. So here they get. So I used to, when I was a teenager, because of this episode, I bought myself a book of hallmarks and taught myself. I was such a boring teenager. You're taught myself how to read <laughs> hallmarks on. Um, <laughs> that might come in useful at some point oh, in your life. It might, I don't think I can remember now. But they anyway, they read it, uh, 1710, and then get a load of codes out of it. So the, the clue that they find in the coffee pot... It's something, about a, write, mark, it's something about a mark and a grid. Mm. And, they, and from this they get... Former, which is which they get X from. Yeah, and it's for, exactly former. And they get V from something as well. Former... So basically they end up with some coordinates, which, which is map coordinates... Don't they? We're using Roman numerals, basically. Yeah. yeah, so the hallmark is... Yeah, so mark is the hallmark, and then the grid is about a map reference. Yeah, what's it's, it's former something, that's right. So And former, they discover, they figure out it's X. X is 10 in Roman numerals. This is when it was a little bit more like a cryptic crossword, where yeah. you have to kind of know the way that they're... Yeah. I can't remember. I wrote I just wrote V. I I think I'd lost interest in the type of clue. I didn't even write down V. All I wrote here is what the fuck? I hate this. The thing is I love cryptic crossword clues, but it was just annoying. And also because they solved it so stupidly quickly. You're like, what's yes. going on? What's going on? So anyway, they get this map reference, because obviously a map reference is six numbers, as we all know, for yeah. survey. So they get so they, the whole mark seventeen ten and then they get fifteen from the four. Fifteen from the V, v and the, the, former the X v, and the V. X v. Yeah. So they get one seven one zero one five, and then and then we have a really weird cut to like Hunter like directing them, sort of going, "Yes, that's right. You've got the clue." Well, I think it's because Foxy's been videoing. I mean, them, is Foxy he? like? Yeah, but you can't be he can't be streaming it live. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like. It makes, it's I mean, 
Like, we he... couldn't even manage that properly in 2020. <laughs> no, that would be hard. Think of how long we spent trying to sync the bloody uh, uh, Zoom with YouTube. Imagine in 1994 or whatever it is, trying to, for them, trying to figure it out. So you must be filming it, racing off, giving him the video, racing back to wherever Lovejoy is next and filming that. This becomes implausible. It's I'm just, just going to say, then... I'm just going to say at this point, implausible. Because mm. we cut to him like watching the video of them like leaving the shop, which presumably, as we say, is being shot by Foxy on his massive yeah. video camera. But he's like, Max Hunter is like watching the video of this. So like you say, it must be that Foxy's filming it. And then biking it over, and then like, well, getting someone else presumably because he's got to stay on Lovejoy's tail, right? So presumably exactly. he's getting someone else to um, pick up the video, ride it over to um, Hunter so they can watch it. It's all very we don't basically we don't know the logistics of this. What at all. And it isn't really they they just I think whoever wrote this just happily kind of went <clears throat> yeah, and then then this sort don't of don't happened. worry I wrote down who wrote it so I could go and beat them up. Didn't think there would be people <laughs> as geeky as us going well that doesn't work. Hang on, I'm going to find it. Where is he? John Goldsmith. I'm going to have words with go. you, son. That, there you go. So, um, But basically, because at this point, we see him watching the video of them leaving Bellamy's, the, where they found the pot. And um, he's Max Hunter is like sort of just rewinding and fast-forwarding the video, sort of making them really sort of creepy. run back and sort of laughing sinisterly at it. And Charlotte is just there like, again, she's just like so not bothered. She's like, whatevs. Whatever's she does, she asks him why he's doing it, and this is where we get the information yes. that Hunter says Lovejoy stole the most precious thing in his life, so he's going to do the same to him. And I feel kind of bad about this, but I did think, what, Charlotte? Is that is that what he thinks is the most oh, precious thing? I thought thing? it was maybe, like, actually an item, like an antique or something. Yeah, I thought he'd be better off stealing Tinker. <laughs> oh! <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that would be more perilous. Aww. There's always a blonde. Ah, So, yeah, so they basically they go to this map reference that they've got, and it's a co-op. Um, so, basically, it's not, you know, any use mm. to them. And this is where Sam Cavendish has had enough. He's like, why are we following all these stupid clues? I'm going to yeah, go to the police. To and I'm kind of with him, I yeah, have to I'm say. Yeah, I mean, as as we always often if say If I ever get episodes, kidnapped, I, I know I'm slightly wary of the police, but if I ever do get kidnapped, I would prefer it if you did call them. Yes, that would do. be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then when when we're being held at gunpoint in a beautiful house, <laughs> so then they realize with the antiques we've sold. Sam goes to the police, and then they and then they go to have another look at the coffee pot, and they basically realize that you know the clue the there's a different hallmark on the lid to the the pot because it's I don't know I guess it's been like restored. You think they would have just had a proper look at the pot though, wouldn't you? Well, they in were, a way, I suppose they were because they're so thorough. Yeah, but the fact that they can solve a clue that's so completely obtuse. Mm. And then go, oh, fuck, we didn't check the list. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It just... Yeah. Anyway. So they go to the... the so it's like 18... It's a rather mean 1710. 1810. 1810. So they go... Or 1809, sorry. Yeah. I've written it. So they, so they go to like the new... This other map reference. And um, there's a clue. There's a... It's a war memorial or something. And there's a bunch yeah. of flowers on it. And that's oh, what... And God, that's that, that is sinister. Is. Yeah. That's sinister though. Again, like yeah. a, a grave, basically. Yeah. It's horrid. It's just horrid. It is horrible. It's, everything about this episode makes your skin crawl a little and bit. I actually it's not didn't nice. even know. By this point, I was a bit fed up with the clues. I didn't even write down anything about the clue. I just wrote, no. there's a clue. No, with a bunch I, of I flowers. did. In, in the bunch of flowers, oh, admittedly, all I've written is Nicole Frere. That's it. Um, but that's the clue, Nicole Frere. Nicole Frere. And then Dennis turns up. I love Joyce. 
I've written, yeah, Dennis comes over because Sam has reported, you know, Charlotte's disappearance. So he's trying to find out what's going on. And then the chess expert, Farquhar, oh, yes. calls <laughs> and reveals that... The chessbert. Yeah, the chessbert. <laughs> and reveals that the last <laughs> last owner was Max Hunter. I'm on fire chess tonight. And then, and, then, and then this is where it all comes out about Max Hunter. So basically he, Max Hunter had you know sold the chess set and he it turns out he was an expert in games mm. and then this is where it all comes out that um like lovejoy tells the story about his connection with hunter because he's mm. like oh max hunter and basically what happened was max thought that lovejoy was having an affair with his wife yeah so and lovejoy he... says no we were just friends because she needed a shoulder to cry on and at this point i was like Really? Because yeah. that doesn't seem like the kind of thing you've ever well, done before in your life. Also, <laughs> they look at. Well, no, it is actually. He's very good with people who are actually in need. He doesn't take advantage. And then in a couple of episodes' time, there's a really good example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there I was mean, another dig at care in the community in here where Dennis is but, like, oh, and then they thought he was fine to be released because he convinced his son. Oh, yeah, they, he actually and so says, now he's under care in the community. And I was thinking, I'm pretty sure they don't put... Do they... Would they... Release murderers, they release maybe they do. Yeah, I didn't... Exactly. Maybe he had an ankle tag. Yeah. <laughs> Although he wouldn't have done, because then they'd have found him if he'd had an ankle tag. They didn't in those days. No, no. sorry, they'd only, str- they'd only just invented the video camera. <laughs> <laughs> the fax oh, is cutting but, edge. Yeah. Anyway. So basically, this is what we, and I thought the same as you, Emma. I was like, mm. Lovejoy claims that, you know, he, he was just friends with Max's wife. And, and, and Max it kind of, it doesn't really matter. Because it doesn't if Max matter. believed they were having an affair, then in Max's mind, they were. They so, were. I mean, I mean going off on a murder spree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not really. Sex, they were having an emotional affair. If she yeah. was crying on Lovejoy's shoulder instead of her husband's shoulder. But, so. God, imagine if every husband who was suspected or, you know, found out about an affair, real or not, went, oh, I'm just going to do a bit of murdering now. Well, I'm just going to say, I she think needs that's murdering. the reason why one in four women are killed every week in the UK. <laughs> so I just, I do think you don't have to be One in four women, I think you might want to revise that stat. Um, one, one, one in four women are killed every week in the UK. <laughs> By a part, yeah. That's, that's no, no, the statistic. I, I think you said it wrong, Em. All right, my my statistics are maybe a little bit off here, but in the year ending March 2018, nine times more women than men were killed by their partner or ex-partner. Almost one in three women aged between 16 and 59 will experience domestic abuse in their lifetime, and two women a week are killed by a current or former partner. That's just in England and Wales. Um, all those stats are from the Office for National Statistics here in the UK. Uh, I'll link to them in the show notes. And the one in four statistic that maybe I was getting confused with is that nearly a quarter of women have experienced sexual assault or attempted sexual assault since the age of 16. Fun times. It's lots. Um, it's lots. It's um, I think it's two women a week are killed by partners, isn't they? Anyway, the point is, as far anyway. as Max was concerned, they were having an affair. So yeah. it, it didn't really matter Max, if they were or Max not. Says, like, Max says he stole the most beautiful, you know, the, he stole the most precious thing from me. And I want to go, you killed her? Like, yeah, he you, might have had, you whether he did or did not have an affair, not you definitely, you know, yeah. <laughs> you kind of saw that you weren't ever going to get her back. Yeah. You've made your bed and now you're going to lie in it, Max yeah, Hunter. exactly. Yeah. Um, but then at this point, Dennis just goes bananas and says... Listen, I'm not telling you to do this, but you just go and solve it. 
don't don't worry about the police. I can't really remember well, he, exactly what you said because all I've written is what the fuck, Dennis. <laughs> I've written I've written Dennis encourages Lovejoy, but I think I, mean, I think to be fair to Dennis, there probably was some logic in this because like if Den if Max was like you know laying a trap for Lovejoy, Lovejoy was going to find Max, right? Yeah. He probably Lovejoy probably had more chance of finding Max than the police did because what were the police going to go on? They've got no idea where this man is. Whereas at least Lovejoy was like on the trail of this man. So it kind of made sense. And the police could ask Lovejoy. Oh, but maybe they wouldn't listen to him. I see what you mean. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Or if the police just turned up, Max could just kill Charlotte. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He said, said, if you tell the police. And actually, what's he got to lose at the point the police turn up? What's he got to lose Mm. anyway? So he probably, you know. So they get this, so the clue, like you say, is Nicole Frere. So this is like a. Um, some kind of it's Nicole Frere, some sort of maker or something that specialised in music boxes. Yeah, yes, and, it was music boxes. And then they, then they play. A te- I got very confused at this point. They went to a, a like a, another antiques dealer, a woman who had loads and loads of music boxes, and they played all of them, and nothing was happening. Then they played a cassette that had some bark on it. Yeah, but then it string. like mixed into bump and grind. <laughs> Chippendales. Chippendales. Didn't the little old lady know that it was the music yes. for the Chippendales, which I love. <laughs> now, they were really big at the time. They were. Because then two years later, you've got the full Monty, mm. which is obviously based on, you know, what well, we yeah. want to be like. The, Chipp- the Chippendales must have been at their peak. Oh, the Chippendales. So to speak, at this point. And also, so then- I did quite like that clue. I like the idea of the Chippendales and the Chippendale... And then, so yeah, the next clue is obviously in some Chippendale furniture, and it's a Bible verse. Mm. Well, we do like a good Bible like verse. Did you know? Did you know before this? It was Mark, Mark four, nine. four nine. Um, I to be honest, I've seen this episode so many times <laughs> you know that anything. even though I do now know the Bible verse, I think it's from this episode. I'm not going to pretend that I'm holy That's how enough. Got into the Bible I'll that I know. It. <laughs> she was like, I need to get into this so I know all the clues in Lovejoy. <laughs> read the bible from cover to cover just so i could understand lovejoy um it's from mark haven't we had one for mark's gospel before in lovejoy i'm sure we in the, i think in the welsh one i think we did i can't remember but it was either mark or it might have been matthew it was definitely from the gospel definitely from the gospel it was, I can't, yeah yeah but this, this one we gathered together or whatever it was this whereas this yes, one is and he said unto them he that has ears to hear let him hear Mm-hmm. So they managed so again. They managed to solve the clue immediately. Make the leap. I mean, from that. how they solved this one is beyond me. Because it is beyond me as well. Because that could mean anything. At that point, I wrote, "Who's the naked bloke?" Yeah, oh, and why is so he bonking someone who's twenty three but has somehow already got a PhD? I got very distracted. Yeah, yeah. Well, so basically, get he's like a sound expert, and he's he's a hottie. <laughs> he's someone. He's someone. Did you look up who he is? No, no. Oh no, I need to look it up. He's definitely someone. I'm sure he is someone. I'll tell you what. Everyone I, I, is the someone. reason I didn't write anything down here actually is kind of a reason to do with the podcast, which is that Lovejoy goes to this person and says, "Here's this video of um, Charlotte in the house. Can you enhance the audio? I need to hear the audio in the background. You need yes. to make it much clearer so I can hear it." And as somebody who has edited i'm gonna say about 75 episodes of this bloody oh, podcast yeah. i would just like to say i don't think that's actually possible so yeah. oh 
so it probably it probably is with the levels depending on what it was recorded on in the first place i don't know there's going to be people shouting at us marv's going to be shouting at the podcast because he's going to know how to do that sorry so the guy the guy who's the the sound expert guy is called alistair mckenzie Mm. so he is the guy in monarch of the Glen. no way how did you spot that because he's a hottie i mean he I, I think I was just so annoyed mm. about the audio enhancement that I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but um in but in this, so like he was born in nineteen seventy, so he would only have been early twenties oh, himself at this point. Oh there you go. Mm. But yeah, so he's and he's been basically he obviously feels such allegiance to Lovejoy that he's basically left his shagging this hot PhD student, apparently, mm-hmm. to um to go and help out Lovejoy with this video. So, you know, he's obviously Lovejoy maybe he's got something on him I don't know <laughs> although Lovejoy then um yes because he but when Lovejoy plays in the video I think he realizes because at the beginning he's quite annoyed he's like this better be good yeah. oh your girlfriend's about to get murdered yeah okay I yeah yeah you. that's that's quite important and yeah what he's doing is changing the level so he can hear the bells in the background isn't it yeah yeah, and, even uh, though it's all one track, I'm just going to say that. But it's I've I've written I, 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 my commentary here. I think I was just writing, say what you see, say what you see, because I've written, who's the naked bloke? Does something <laughs> to enhance the Carillion fleeting appearance from a bloke called Cyril. That was a lovely use of the word Carillion, Polly. Thank you very much. It was Carillion. Carillion. I, do, I like that? a good Carillion. What it's a ring of bells. bells. Ring of bells. Oh, ring of bells. But ding, 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 Amazing. We have come full circle. So uh, yeah, but it, most churches have the the same kind of rings that you hear. You know, I mean, the only one I can think of is dum 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 dum. dum. But you know, you know, before before you go to church, when it's the sort of five minutes before, it just does dum dum dum. But before that, there's always dum 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 dum. There's always a different in these little old village churches. There's always a ring which. Da, 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 is that village churches in the south? Because in the church in my village, there is literally just one bell. No, my my village church where I used to live ages and ages ago, when I lived in Lancashire, had a ring of bells. That that yeah, uh, had, I think it's, it's just a little village churchy church. I mean, I will also say the church in my village is the same size as my bedroom, so that might be why. <laughs> But, um, but basically, this one is very unusual because it's ten bells, mm. and it is unusual to have, I think, more than an octave. Mm. Basically, because uh, is that is that right? Have I understood that correctly? It's unusual to have ten bells as opposed to eight or five. Yeah, or, yeah. he definitely so, said that. Yeah. So and so they've discovered that it's the bells at Lower Matchingham. So um, <laughs> at this point, is- I've written this is as stupid as the Welsh episode. <laughs> M loses patience <laughs> with the episode. <laughs> yes. So Lovejoy goes to the church and immediately, obviously, something's up because you know the, it's like the it's night time at this point. Oh, this is awful! This whole bit, this is the bit that was like scream. Yeah, yeah. The can- everything about it was a horror film. The candles are all lit in the church straight away. Straight away, you're like, what's going on? And then you can hear Charlotte Charlotte's voice shouting, "Lovejoy, Lovejoy!" Oh. So he, he follows the voice, and it's a tape player. 
It's again, using, it's so obviously a tape player. Using the modern technology once again. Yeah. Cassettes. Um, oh, that was c- cutting edge this episode, isn't it? All the latest technology. And I then, know I have just bitched about editing the podcast, but now I think back to the way that I used to edit cassettes by literally cutting them with scissors and using sellotape to fasten them together. I realised that maybe that's why I'm such a good editor. So thank you, the 90s, for your terrible, terrible technology. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so he goes into, like, is it like the vestry or something? Or the, some bit of the Oh, church? I love that you said like, that. the sacristy, yeah. Is he locked in a confessional? Surely it's a vestry. Do they have confessionals in these sort of churches? What's going on? Ask Polly. <laughs> He's in the sacristy. sacristy yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Or sa- vestry. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on one second. What is a sacristy, please? So, you know, that the little room where they keep all the, the sacred things. So I like thought the, that was the vestry where you get changed. Vestry is where, where you get changed, changed oh, isn't I, it? Wait, but I think the reason in some places I think it's, this is because in my village church... That was the same room. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think <laughs> so, a lot of places it, it would be the had same a room. In it, so, so, um, and then Max shuts him into the sacristy slash vestry and films him because he lo- he loves he loves a bit of oh, you know recording thing. Yeah. This is quite creepy, and obviously Lovejoy um is like trying to reason with Max, which obviously makes no sense because Max is a psycho. Yeah. Um, but Lovejoy's trying to say, look, you know, this doesn't even make sense. You're trying to take revenge on me for your wife but me and Charlotte are just friends so it's not even which is literally what he said about his wife so I felt that was fanning the flames somewhat (laughs) I was like Lovejoy this maybe isn't the route to go down yeah I know yes it's like quite illogical anyway and plus trying to reason with a psycho is probably not recommended although all I've read at this point is anyway he rings the bells to get out well, yeah, so, basically, I'm so over it. She's just, she, she, it was just sort of lost. Um, Whereas actually, a few other things so happen in between. So basically, Max reiterates that he'll kill Charlotte at noon tomorrow, and then like locks Lovejoy in the sacristy. Sorry, yeah, locks Lovejoy in the sacristy slash vestry and throws away the key, and then Lovejoy succeeds in jimming open the door mm. of the sacristy slash vestry. But then the main door of the church is locked, so he can't get out. But then, as you say, he rings the bells. To like alert people that he's there, yeah. but there's a tape recorder there as well with a message from Max, which is says something really sinister like, "Ring the bells." Oh, this was all ring the bells if you like. I didn't even you know. write that down. I remember it happening. No, he did because but... he because he knows that the the only way he can get out because he's done the thing you shouldn't do in a horror film when he's he's run upstairs and the door is slammed <laughs> yeah. and is like right that's it you're locked in dickhead um <laughs> and yeah he's basically the only way he can get out because he's come he's run out the door's locked he knows he knows him so well maybe he's a bit of a divvy but he knows mm. that the, what Lovejoy's then going to do is ring the bells because presumably if the bells ring eventually someone's going to go why is he in the church why are the bells I will ringing say, and it's, they're going to the let him out in any of the ch- and there are a few churches near me actually there's one that's you know less than i mean it's really near now i think about it less than a two minute walk if the church bell started ringing in the middle of the night terrifying i'd be so frightened i wonder I if think i would go and find out what was going on i'd probably ring 111 but somebody like you know especially in a village church like the vicar or the you know what they call someone like next door the, or someone, you know yeah. what do you call the person that looks after the church the the verger that's the word I was, like somebody would would go and investigate because they would be in the village so i mean nowadays there'd be a burglar alarm wouldn't there so we don't actually know who I comes so, to let yeah. him, we don't actually know who comes to let him out but someone does and on max's tape he says like yes well if you do get out from ringing the bells there's one final clue 
at the shop, oh, at your shop. Oh, it's so awful. So, and then in the meantime, Charlotte is at Max's house trying to, you know, get out of this situation. And she offers Foxy cash money to... Was he um, whisking some eggs? He, he was, he yeah, Foxy's whisking, whisking, whisking eggs. eggs. He's, He's making himself an omelette or something, isn't he? He's making yeah. himself a snack. Yeah. I like Foxy. You wonder how he got into such bad company. No, we don't know, Prison do we? Because, you know, yeah, he's, he's all right. Some money. But so Charlotte's like, look, I'll give you 30 grand, just let me go. And basically he manages to negotiate to 50 grand, very good, mm. and then actually lets her go. But then Max arrives and beats yeah, up Foxy. But again, like, so basically Charlotte's been let go by Foxy. Max turns up and beats up Foxy for doing that. Like, quite badly, because he is a psycho. But Charlotte is just, <laughs> Charlotte is just standing there. Like, she kind of winces in, like, a sort of, almost like, as if you saw someone, like, stub their toe. Yes. Yeah. You know, she doesn't, again, she doesn't seem that bothered by this extremely perilous situation that she's found herself in. I guess at this point, she's expecting to die I guess and she's like well you know wh- oh, whatever happens thinks, it's not well, going to be any worse whatever so. but she's just never mind she, like, that plan didn't work she but she's just managed to escape like she should you know she's gone from like oh I've escaped to like oh, despair again like I'm yeah. going to die like, yeah. she doesn't seem doesn't seem to be I don't so know well, just, I tried her reactions didn't <laughs> seem I don't I know honestly, there was I didn't find Chance's reactions odd at all I thought she was just Trying to keep, just, yeah. yeah, trying to not do anything to inflame the situation mm. at all. Okay, so but not again, trying you get... to run past him, not trying to reason with him, not trying to argue. Just going, okay, that didn't work. Let's just sit back down and think of the next. And again, plan. I think you get very good at that at boarding school because Jane was similar in a lot of ways, and I think even said things about it. You get very good at masking, you know, wearing a mask, don't you? Basically, if you're at boarding I was just school, I think in in general. I mean, in Women general, quite, yes, but, not inflaming. Yeah, that is true. Mm, that is true. Anger. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, so yeah, and there's and then so Lovejoy does manage to. We don't see how he manages. To, obviously, someone does come and let him out of the church. So he's back at his shop, and there's another VHS there, which is basically Max again, sort of just saying, "Oh, I've led you. All those clues were just a wild goose chase to give you a taste of how." I've been feeling all this time since I decided to kill my own wife. Yes. Yeah, I mean, since, but I, I blame Max's you for words. It. Since you took Helen, so the wife was called Helen. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, oh, you took oh, Helen yeah, from me. Oh, I didn't me. even think of that. Was that difficult to hear? What, <laughs> it's a bit Charlie? weird. It's like in um, Candyman, you know, in the horror film. Oh, oh Candyman's film. But it's oh, like it's a Helen, terrifying film. You know, that's quite scary. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't so they're all, for ages. So they're all there trying to see, say, like, okay, it's a wild goose chase, but is there any way that we can... They're all set up. It's like the middle of the night now, you know. Going, there must be something we can like, do. You know, can we figure out some way of, you know, rescuing Charlotte? And, oh, there's a lovely moment where Lovejoy brings Beth some tea and, like, is it like an yeah. EU mug? Has it got, it's got, like... Yes! Oh, I put that down! It's an EU yeah, mug and he's EU obviously mug. got his Man, Man U, U mug. mug yeah. There's an EU mug and a Manchester United mug going on here. Oh. But then I was like, well, surely, because at this point I was like, surely the bells, the church bells, were actually a clue. Like, unless he very cleverly managed to plant the sound of those bells into the audio of that yeah. clip. It must be within, must be within it, ringing so at distance. Least that's, but that could still be a lot of places. Well, well, a lot of houses. Well, you got the impression many. that Lower Matchingham was a reasonably mm. small village. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. Like, 
house to house inquiries and learn matching and yeah this is I why the know. police need to be involved really because they've got the manpower <laughs> to actually go around they've got the resources to actually go around exactly and then so Lovejoy just decides like dawn of the you know the day on which she should, will be killed and he's watching the videos again and actually this is where he notices something which I actually did notice the first time round and oh, I was well, very yes. pleased with myself. Yes, because but she makes it look as though she's just flinching as well. So it is quite a clip. I thought she's she was great. reading off a script that Max really, had pinned up somewhere yeah. and she couldn't remember the words. And that's I feel why like she, she was moving her eyes and looking away. I feel like she's tried to get a balance where Max won't obviously won't mm. notice or will think that she's just flinching or reading or whatever it is she's doing, but Lovejoy will notice and it's gonna it's a heck of a a razor's edge to walk along, isn't yeah. it? Which it doesn't really work, obviously. Well, but no. it, wor- it works, but so basically, so in the video where she's, which he originally saw of her, you know, saying, "Oh, Max has got me," whatever. She's kind of like looking at the chair that she's sitting on, mm. so to indicate, oh. This look at the chair, look at the chair. And she does it specifically at the bit where she says, the first clue is in my office. And at my yeah. office, she looks at the chair. So you're chair, really making yeah, that link yeah. between Cavendish Antiques and... Yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. and, the, and so, the chair. So, so that's great. So they realise, okay, like, right, okay, the chair is significant. But then at the same time, um, we go back to Max's house where he's, like, got, you know, practising with his gun. And again, I felt, and again, in the scene, Charlotte was like, like, he's literally got his gun out, which he's going to kill her with. Yeah, she yeah. still, she still doesn't seem that bothered. Um, but anyway, they're also, they, he's also replaying the videos, I guess, because he gets sick pleasure from them. And he, Max, also notices that Charlotte is looking at the chair and he notices that she's trying to, you know, warn them. So the game's up. I guess, yeah. Oh, it's it just, at this point, I was like, Oh, it makes but your this, heart sink. This, the, the stress of this episode has been maintained now for at least 25 minutes. Yeah. I just wanted to watch something about refurbishing <laughs> a sideboard and maybe getting Beth the wrong birthday present. That, that would yeah, have been fine. that would have been nice. That would have been nice. <laughs> it was, it was, really, it was well, a lot of the next bit. The next bit is agonising because you just want to go, oh, oh, Kate, you know. I mean, oh, yeah, because yeah. Lovejoy manages to find out who'd bought... Who bought the chair? Which obviously is some person that we don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but they get the address of where the chair is. So Lovejoy nicks Dexter's car and like drives I off. A bit sorry for Dexter. Lovejoy owes him five grand and then he steals his car. But then, like, yeah, obviously, it's for the higher good, but still, Dexter doesn't then, know that. And then, as you say, like it's a heartbreaking bit where where um, Max gets Charlotte to phone Kate. And Charlotte basically says, "Oh, don't worry, he's let me out," which is what Max has forced her to say. I'm and out so and I'm fine," she says. Kate automatically goes, "Oh, Lovejoy knows where you are. He's on his way." Am I? Like, oh. fucking dick. The police. But also, right did the police not train you? In also, what to say why would you reason? say that? Why would you say that anyway? Because even if she said, "I'm out." She's probably not going to hang around. Like, no. I mean, just everything about that comment, like, oh, Lovejoy's on his way. And also, I felt like it was quite a long, not long, obviously, as a normal phone conversation, but it was more than, like, five or six seconds, and someone was tapping the call, so surely they would have found out as well. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Hunter's... This is what I've written. Hunter is rigging up some stupid gun thing. (laughs) Absolutely furious by this point. My entire afternoon down the toilet. (laughs) Did you like this episode, Um... No. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so basically he's, he's rigging up some elaborate thing and it's not really clear what he's doing. Like, 
is it some elaborate mm, thing mm. so that when Lovejoy opens the door, he will sort of kill Charlotte by... That's exactly what I thought it was. Or I thought it was it like the Judas the... pair, yes. that yeah. he's going to be the one that he's going to be the one that does it, you know. Yeah. Or is it pointing at the door? It's not really not very clear. What? Yeah. I think it's pointing at the door. Yeah, it is. That's the thing. So it's a bit... You know. Actually, it wasn't going to be pointing at Charlotte, was it? Because no. he does trigger it, but not with himself there. So it must be to kill him, not to kill yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, so why doesn't actually, Max yes. just stand there with the gun? And if also, he just done that, just makes then me he would a psycho, but it would be much better if it was triggered to kill Charlotte. Yeah. Like, yeah, that would, would be have been more a better affecting idea. for Lovejoy than him just getting to die. Yeah. It would, absolutely. So basically, instead, Max sets up this elaborate... Maybe he just likes elaborate things, because obviously he's gone on this whole Fair clue point, that's a very good thing. point. Yeah. So... So basically, Max hides upstairs, Lovejoy goes inside, he sees Charlotte through the window, he goes in, Max has gone upstairs, Lovejoy goes to open the latch to the door, but he sees the telltale sign on the ground, it's some sword. Now, yes. right, right, so, so, two <laughs> things about this, uh, the, right. I'm going to go off on a bit of a rant. The clues were so intricate That's and clever exactly and the whole thing was so sadistic and so awful mm. and with, with the kind of, you know, the slow, low talking and the, the emotionless, all of this. He's not going to leave a pile of bloody sawdust at the 11th hour. He's not going to do something that stupid. Two, I don't believe that he would have Lovejoy shoot himself because he. the whole point of it is I'm going to take away the thing yeah. you love. I think that, that Which was the is thing, Charlotte. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to let you off with a quick death with a bullet. Everything about this falls apart. I was just going to say, like, I guess that this whole gun thing was not planned. So, like, yeah, but it also, so maybe he it didn't involves have time. a bit of thought, though. It involves enough thought to go, how am I going to position a gun so that this attaches to this, attaches to this, that when he pulls it at exactly this moment, it's going to kill him. It's required quite a lot of engineering yeah. I mean, to not get a bloody dustpan and brush. And I know that Hunter does, he does say something along the lines of, you have to be able to adapt, you have to be able to be flexible. Yeah. And what I will say is, if we look at somebody, this is a little niche, if we look at somebody like, btk who got away with serial murders you know across his i was gonna say america but really across his neighborhood or whatever but it all falls apart when you become too cocky and you think oh yeah i've got away with this whole thing. i've kept charlotte this whole time that my clues all worked it's been that wild goose chase i've done that to so you maybe he was just becoming too cocky about things because btk at court because he said to the police you can't trace something if i send it on like a computer like a floppy disk can you and the police said oh no we definitely can't (laughs) then he did (laughs) and then he got caught so you know um, it it is often the way though you hear that psychos get more and more daring and sort of do uh, yeah do more do more and more kind of in plain sight almost obvious things stressed like it was right towards the end but i definitely agree with polly the whole point was to kill charlotte not to kill lovejoy yeah because he wanted to punish Lovejoy, which you're not going to do if you just killed him. So. Well, no, because what I, all I was saying that bit while he was doing it, I wasn't clear. Yeah, it wasn't what clear he was to the viewer to at That's all. That's all I what meant. He was trying to do. Well, it wasn't with me either. And even though I've seen it before, I hadn't re- watched it for years and I hadn't remembered. And I, when I saw him doing it, I was like, "Oh my god, he's going to have Lovejoy kill Charlotte." I thought that was. Yeah, I'd, and then I, I remembered think when that you see is him. What the, we were supposed to think. Yeah, it just wasn't very obvious, was it? Um, and then we don't really know how they engineer this, but basically, they so Lovejoy sees the sawdust, and then Max 
hears the gunshot from upstairs. I think so, Lovejoy actually takes a massive chance here because I think he sees the sawdust on the floor and he thinks something beyond this door is rigged up. Mm. And then Lovejoy assumes, for whatever reason, and he's kind of correct, uh, he is correct rather, he assumes it's been rigged up to injure me. Therefore, yeah. I'll just stand to the side of the door and open the door and see what happens. Yeah. And that's why there's the noise of the gunshot. It was but a risk, how yeah. did he know that? That was so dumb. Unless he just got talk. We don't know. That's the thing. He could say Oh, he could have just messaged. Yeah, Charlotte, he just talked through the door. Are you okay? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Sorry, that was like, really stupid. Because <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, like, it is a very big risk that he's going to kill Charlotte by opening the door. So I think he I must... think that's why I was... When the when you heard the sound of the gunshot, I was like, oh, fuck. I was so worried Yeah, what's happened? It. What's happened? I forgot then, completely so, it was fiction. Yeah, Max comes down and sees Lovejoy lying on the floor, but then Charlotte turns up and delivers the uh, the killer line. What did Love? What was Lovejoy going to do though? At the point that he opens his eyes and goes, "Hello, Max." Bear in mind, this is a bloke that's already got one gun hooked up. What was his plan beyond playing dead and then not being dead? No, he Had he got a plan? It will, it will discombobulate him so much that Charlotte can then twat him, which she does. And well, Charlotte, can, the, Charlotte can say, never underestimate a, a public schoolgirl. School I mean, I would like to say, just never underestimate a girl. And you're not a girl anyway. You're a bloody woman. But hang on. But he can't have gone into the room and untied Charlotte because he didn't. T- because the gun goes off and uh, yeah, Max I think he, comes could, he could have whispered through the door. Charlotte, are you in there? Is the gun pointed at me or you? And then she says, "It's pointed at you. So just stand to the side of the door and unlock it." Okay, I will do that. Bang! There's a gun. He runs in. He undoes her. She yeah, but lies That's down. what I'm saying. How does she get out? Well, couldn't he, after the gun's gone off, could he not go in and pull it? Race her? in, untie her, race back, lie on the floor oh, and pretend yeah. to be dead. Maybe it's a really no. big cottage. It's kind of implied that she's managed to get free by herself anyway. It, it, it is, it's just there's a lot of, there seems to be a lot of planning for the Basically, unplannable at this point. <laughs> the, yeah, what I'm saying is it loses credibility towards the end, mm. to what and I'm saying. Um, I'm putting point, it out there. At this point, so Charlotte emerges, yeah, wax um, Max with the, with the gun, <laughs> and that's when she finally breaks down. So to be fair, I, I do get the thing of like she's been sort of holding it together because she's had to. Yeah. She doesn't want to show. And this she is does where do she a good finally, cry as well. It's she, does, she does. She does. She finally, because obviously, you know, she nearly got killed. So And actually, you know, you do... It is funny when you're in a situation, a terrifying situation, how you're fine at the time. And at yeah. the end, you're like, holy shit. Not what I was planning and for today. And she's a very practical person. By the way, going back, sort of way back, I've just realised the level of detail that I went into to explain how he got there. I've written, it was a Jacobean armchair and it was sold to someone at Meadowhouse, <laughs> Parker's Lane, Langford. You oh, were well, making proper notes. At that point, yeah. I think that's where I wrote, this is stupid, I hate this. So, And then I've written, it's in Essex. <laughs> oh, yes. And then I wrote, uh, Desmond clashes with his car. Did he? Desmond he did. Dexter. Apparently, he was wearing pink and his car was red and Love Joy Nix's car. Absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, yeah, basically, Charlotte finally breaks down and then, obviously, I guess they let the police or everyone know that Charlotte's safe. So, Sam turns up to sort of pick up Charlotte. And this is another ridiculous bit. Because <laughs> Sam... Oh, the <laughs> our voices. Because Sam, Sam shows up takes and says, oh, Charlotte, you've had a terrible time. Let's go for lunch at the Crown. <laughs> no, I've been awake Let's for 24 you. hours. I want to go and lie down. 
Yeah, and let's also, re- well, no, she, she does she, say she would need hungry. to have some sort of debrief with the police. In the 90s, you'd think the police, yeah. You'd, you'd she's think just, so. I'm not she's sure just, to do that now. To be fair, she does say, actually, I'm rather hungry. Well, yeah, I mean... She, she's squashing yeah. her feelings again, you see. I'm sure she's you know, discussing all this with her therapist now in her and 50s. Fo- and Foxy, Foxy didn't even make her an omelette. I mean, come on, bless her. She does need to have um, something sweet. I do agree with that one, but I'm not sure whether she should be out in public having... Like a nice meal. Having a, a nice four-course meal. It's yeah, not what exactly. I would, I would definitely want to just be put in bed. Yeah, I think I would as yeah. well. And somebody make me a nice, like, I don't know, bowl of soup yeah. or something. Or get me a pizza. And then in the midst of this, Dennis turns up with another non-antique. <laughs> oh. I haven't even written this down. Oh, no, sorry. I have written it down because I enjoyed the line about... Um, Wedgwood, anyway, more like yes. Cricklewood. Yeah, because I, I have an issue with Cricklewood where I don't believe it exists. <laughs> so, it's a great name, so Cricklewood. It's a bit like Cleckheaton. I always think it's brilliant that Cleckheaton and Heckmondwike are real places. Because <laughs> they oh, just sound comedy. real places. Yeah, but they sound like comedy places. Heckmondwike. I mean, to be fair, I didn't know Surbiton or Tooting were real places till I moved to South London. Whereas I've had boyfriends <laughs> from Cleckheaton and Heckmondwike, so... Excellent. There you go. Um, so yeah, and then all's well that ends well. Apparently, everyone's just fine after being nearly killed by a psycho. And he gets to have a bit of a go. Oh, the other bit I do like is when he says to Dennis, "What happened to your, uh, you know, crack like, you know, your squad, your gun squad, or whatever they were going to be? Is that SWAT way? team." And he, he kind of went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So about that, I, <laughs> I did think that was I quite mean, good. I, Poor I Dennis. I also do think like this is on the BBC. Should we really quite be, you know? painting the police in such a sort of slapdash way oh. like this isn't a comedy but well, i suppose it is a comedy drama isn't it i mean but i think it is really light-hearted drama i with the lovable rogue <laughs> yes yeah, true i believe it's, it's, i think you'll find yeah. but dennis has found the missing chess piece he has and that's good in hunter's pocket and uh and lovejoy knows that the the chess set's worth 20 grand and then tinker says in the most like anticlimactic ending ever. <laughs> oh, good! We can get the roof and the rewiring done. Yeah. But also, and we just know pay that... off all your debt. I was just saying, it's like Lovejoy's going to make eight grand then on that chess set. But he, we know that he owes people eight grand. So, like, so what's great. the point? Yeah. Anyway, so yes, yeah, Dennis, Dennis was... has an antique. He thinks it's Wedgwood, uh, but they say it's more like Cricklewood. Yeah. Blah. Six out of ten. Absolutely not bothered. <laughs> I, I was going to give it a six as well although maybe a six and a half for the peril I did appreciate the, See, the levels of peril I, didn't, I felt the peril was too there was too much it was very extreme peril but kind of sustained over such a long period that by the end of it you were like I don't care about this peril anymore I mean in terms of implausibility it's not as implausible as being in a cave with a load of druids very and academics no. with a bomb is it definitely more realistic <laughs> yeah that, you know. that a psycho from Broadmoor would just be allowed out to do more psychoing. Psychoing? What do you do? I psycho. The verb to I think psycho. The problem that I had with it is this issue, and it's not just Lovejoy that does this. It's it's the media in general. This issue around mental health of oh, if someone's mm. a bit bonkers, then they're going to hurt you. When we all know that if someone is a bit bonkers, they're much more likely to hurt themselves or be the victims of crime, and it drives me 
mad. <laughs> to be fair, though, this is they do make it very clear he's a psychopath, which is the one kind of, I don't know what to call it, uh, I guess, yeah, mental illness or, or mental affliction. Because lots of people are psychopaths and they don't kill anybody. Of all of the um, kind of diagnoses you're going to get, psychopaths are the ones that tend, you know, the, the problem I have is that people think that depressives and schizophrenics are psychopaths and they're not. No, I mean, I still know. have an issue. Like, people can, you can have a diagnosis of psychopathy is that how you'd say that psychopathy yeah. yeah and it just means you'll be really great at business and maybe you'll be a terrible partner because you're not really thinking things through um but it doesn't mean you're gonna shoot your wife in the face or whatever bear in mind broadmoor is for the people the small number of people who are in that psychopath I mean, category yeah. i mean the other issue of the escaped he's not escaped is he he's sort of made the psychiatrist he's been let out yeah fine but i don't think you do get let out of broadmoor <laughs> certainly you don't get let out you do, and then you do get let to... out exactly you, you do, do. Get, you let get out but i don't think you'd be you able do... to set an elaborate trap exactly for the you get you get let <laughs> don't out you get let out and under, get put in like... an open prison normally yeah. i thought you normally get kind of downgraded a bit you first. Definitely, exactly. i don't know maybe some of our listeners but i mean i do understand this is entertainment and i am being a bit of a tit about maybe maybe foxy maybe foxy is his probation officer that's amazing his probation officer gone bad um but to be fair i mean probation officers go bad <laughs> I'm trying to think who was in Broadmoor. Was was Ian Huntley in Broadmoor? Certainly, um, oh, what's Ian Brady was in Broadmoor, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. And so there, there have been a lot of, you know, complete uh, psychopathic murderers, as in psychopaths who murdered people. Yeah. I suppose what I'm trying to say is a bit like what you said earlier. You can have a diagnosis of something. Mm. That doesn't mean no. you were then a murderer. <laughs> do, you, do you see what no, I mean? No, but this person you is can a be murderer. A, um, yeah, but this one is. Yeah, <laughs> so, but he's also you can not real. Be, <laughs> so. He's also not real. I think we're spending a lot of time on the unreal. But actually, there are horrible, horrible people. I mean, do you remember when they just kept finding more people in Fred and Rose West's yeah. house? Like, every time they took a yeah. wall down, there was another body. Mm. But um, I have to say, I did quite... Um, I As I was watching it, I enjoyed it. It's only now talking about it that I'm like, oh, my God, it was so stupid. Meanwhile, I'm... <laughs> Completely the other way around. As I was watching it, I was getting more and more. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was just tired. Maybe it caught me at a bad time. Maybe it wasn't the right time for me to watch something like this. Talking about it with you, I'm like, actually, it was quite entertaining. I also, I do believe that Tinker would be really good at crosswords. So actually, having crossword style clues for Tinker to, because I there are people who will read those type of clues and go, oh, it's that, oh, it's that, and I go, how the hell did you get that? Mm. So. Even though I thought, well, that's a massively obscure clue. I know that, for example, crosswords use Roman numerals a lot. Yeah. They use things that then turn into, you know, and that sort of thing. So, I don't know. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to give it... Oh, no, actually, I'm going to give it six. I'm going to give it six. And people are going to moan because I did put it on the Twitter and lots of people said that they love this episode. So, lots of people said they like um, the episode. So, yeah, I think... So, actually... Like I say, I actually enjoyed it more while I was watching it, and it's only now I'm talking about it that I'm like, it was so stupid. But it's still, <laughs> I liked the format of the. I think it could have been. It could have been so good, mm. like that format of like these clues that you had to solve to save Charlotte, and then they all turn out to be pointless. But I thought that, that if the clues, if solving the clues in themselves had been a story, do you see what I mean? Like, if they'd only been... It's almost as though, like, this this felt, the sustained peril and everything about it felt like a finale. Not like, this is the second episode of Series 6. I'm like, if it carries on yeah. like this, I, I can't... Oh, 
It's a lot. Yeah. Mm. But I so yes, yeah, so I think so I think I would give it seven because actually I did enjoy it like while I was watching it. But yeah. it's not higher because actually if you think about it for more than five seconds, you're like, this is so stupid. And it could have been so good. It could have been such a good plot. Yeah. But it just yeah. wasn't. Yeah, it yeah, just it was kind of went too far. Did we did yeah. we learn anything? So there's one thing that I feel like we all know, which is never go to a second location. So if someone's arranged yes. to meet you somewhere and then for some reason they tell you to meet them somewhere completely different, don't don't do that, listener. If it's a Lovejoy podcast that saves your life, that'll be incredible. But just don't ever do that. Especially if it's like, uh, you know, their house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. But I think I did learn something, which is that actually if I had rung someone or text someone to say because for whatever reason I felt completely comfortable going to a second location because I knew the person or whatever mm. if I text someone or rung someone and I couldn't get through or they didn't reply I think what I learned from this episode is tell somebody else mm. because if Charlotte had after trying to ring Cavendish Antiques and the phone's been cut off if she'd just rung anybody else none of this yeah. would have happened but I guess she didn't really need to... Ha- I guess she just thought he was a bit slimy, not that it was... I mean, that was the first implausible thing for me, that she would actually... But she kind of wanted to put one over on her dad, didn't she? She, You know, they'd had that big fight. I guess, I guess. I suppose that's what it is. But I just don't know whether she would really respond to that kind of advance as as an independent woman from a very slimy but man. it was a business advance, wasn't it? I think... She... No, 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 but I don't think she'd respond to that sort of business advance. Yeah. I, I just don't... I, I don't think she's... But, I mean, it was very plausible when he said, I've got to stay near the facts. <laughs> oh, that was, that was very plausible. Facts. Okay. I think I learned, talking of the facts, I learned that technology has really moved on in the last 20 years or so. I mean, it's incredible when you think about 30 it, 30 years. It? It's not really it that is really. long amount. In 20 years' time, what will we be in our early 60s? Well, this is 27 years, but, you know. <laughs> you realise this whole in our early plot 70s. would be... <laughs> this whole plot would be completely different now because he would be filming on a mobile phone. Actually, Charlotte would never... The, none of it would ever have happened because she, there would have been would so have many instances. She would have actually WhatsApp group and said, hey, listen, girls, yeah. I'm going to go and do this. Might there be a bad idea. Been, yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you think. Or they'd have been able to track her down with her <laughs> mobile phone. They'd have been able to find out where... None of this plot would have happened yeah. now, which is which is what I learned. Um yeah. What did you learn? Yeah, I guess it was just, I mean, I suppose it's not really learned, but it's just a reminder of all the, like, the cliche, like, horror movie tropes, like, yeah. Oh, yes. You know, don't, like, don't, don't go to the second location. Don't, you know, go upstairs, whatever. Don't, yeah, all those things. Like, basically, just keep your wits about you when you're dealing with a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> and they do know they're dealing with a psycho. Yeah. We've got some interesting comments. Do you want to hear what we got on the Twitter? Because yes. we did get some comments yes. on the Twitter about this. I think we're going to annoy the Twitter because, so Dave... Dave, who always has to go by his full name of Dave Ridgway, Dave Ridgway. Um, who who I think will have appreciated the last episode because we sounded incredibly sober, even though we weren't. We we were we were quite. We didn't shout oh, over the, each other. Um, finale. We were much less. We were much less Hindu, weren't we? That's yeah. because I finally learned how to take out a shower. <laughs> no, oh, is that what it I'm is? I'm kidding. I'll put oh, there you go. There you go. Um, so I love, though, Dave's comment, because I, I said, right, what do people think of this episode? And he just wrote Moxie, and I thought, yes, mm. Moxie. Moxie. So, uh, yeah, so we um, we had the little chat then about our feeder same pet. And then uh, Arwell, whose name I always mispronounce, oh, well. um, 
Arrowell, Richard. I made him sound like he's from Somerset, though. Did Arrowell. he just want to talk about the cars? Because there are a lot of good cars. No, he didn't actually. What? But he said it was a def- it was a definite peril alert. It was. Yes, but he, he was po- right. He pointed out that the plot could have been from the Lady Jane period. It sort mm. of goes back very much to that early series. It's very dark. We mm. then we had a bit of a comment um, commentary about how it was a bit more like the books yes. because it really is very dark and it's a lot they jammed a lot in and it didn't feel like they were going oh shit and then we had to end it they did space it was very well plotted yes. out the pace yeah, was the pa- good the pacing was fine even though that peril was high throughout it wasn't it didn't sort of go up and down and up and down it was kind of a sustained... the other great comment he made which I thought was spot on so he makes all of those comments to me about you know the, the, the peril and that and then he says also Tinker says the barn needs re-roofing and rewiring but it's rented why would they be re-roofing I and rewiring I thought that as well. It really So there you go. So those were our comments about the episode. Has anyone got an antique of the week? Because there weren't actually a lot of antiques in this, but I don't I genuinely do not have one. Well, I I don't play chess. It's one of the games that I have not got the patience or the interest to learn. So I did not pick the chess set, even though it does look nice, there is something nice. Uh, and uh, sort of intellectual about a chess set, but I picked the Queen Anne coffee pot because I really oh, like oh, I stuff love from a, that I period. Love a nice coffee pot. It would go with your toast I do. It would go with my toast. It's also it's quite understated. Yes. They weren't overly elaborate. That was it was quite plain, but really elegant. And also, I love coffee, so I'm absolutely. It was a no brainer. This episode, Queen Anne coffee pot, all the way, and I can read its hallmarks. Both of them. Brilliant. Uh, I, did, I did like the coffee pot. I, I, I often dream of like pouring my coffee from a lovely, beautiful Aww. silver coffee pot. It's good to have dreams, isn't it? But, uh, <laughs> but I think as you've got the coffee pot, not that we have to have different things, but as you've got the coffee pot, I will have the chess set Aww. because it was lovely. And I do love a bit of chess. I'm terrible at chess, though. I don't understand it. I really I, don't understand I'm not 100% it. sure I understand it. Chess is mind-blowing because there are more combinations like more possible games of chess you know like chess moves than there mm. are atoms in the universe holy shit really yes that sounds as off as my weird facts about all of us getting killed constantly yeah, one in four women <laughs> well no i'm sorry one in four women get killed every week <laughs> Chess is hard. That's what we could, che- we could chess just call it. Is hard. Chess is hard. That's my. That's why you need a chess bird. <laughs> chess bird. Oh. Chess bird. I was pleased with that. So that's it. No, just saying. So after after three moves, there are 121 million different games that. It, For just you one second, I thought you were going to say 121. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that doesn't sound like a lot of atoms. No, 121 million I can go with. That's that fine. is that is quite a lot. There you go. We've both learned something as well, courtesy of Helen. Yes. I... Which is probably a good note to end on, isn't it? Wisdom. Yes. Mm. Yes. I mean, it wasn't my favourite episode, but it was still... In, it was still... A, it was still a... No, I mean, I really hated it. But I enjoyed talking <laughs> about it with you guys. And also, he only wrote one, I noticed. I went through and had a look. He didn't write That's any of interesting. I wondered if he'd written the Welsh one because of the Bible reference. Nope. Had a look. No. He didn't. Anyway, Ooh. that's it. That's all from us. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode. You can always find us online at Lovejoy Apod on Twitter and on Instagram as well. If you really enjoyed the episode, then feel free to um, put two or three quid in the metaphorical virtual pint glass um, at Coffee, which is 
ko-fi.com forward slash lovejoy actually or consider becoming one of our patrons because we don't carry any adverts and we're doing all this out of our pure and what's obsession we're doing it out of (laughs) obsession we're just doing it out of our own obsession and because it 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 kind of validates our drinking habits yes as well i think that's Um, why we're doing it yes we should give the patreon a plug though because you really really if you sign up to patreon and you can do it for a couple of quid a month but you get all of this extra stuff like extend all this stuff that m does for you extended (laughs) blooper reels oh the big thing that we have going up um, every sort of week or so at the moment is a cocktail list to go with yes. every single series. So every episode has a cocktail assigned to it and we are currently putting those up on Patreon. So our patrons get a shed load of extra stuff. Yeah, and some of them, it depends which tier you are, of course, but some of them even get a handwritten letter. So aren't they? On Basildon Bond, on no paper. Bond, no paper. Um, so, yes, it would be fab if you join us there um it would be wonderful um we will see you in a couple of weeks with episode three zoom wave and we'll zoom wave goodbye Bye. 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 bye let's tell